Welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Matthew chapter 6, 5 and 6, 16 to 18. Matthew chapter 6. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father who is in secret, and thy father who sees in secret shall reward you openly. Verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disguise their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Father, as we hear your word taught, reveal Christ to us. What we don't know, teach us. Who we are not, make us. Where we have not gotten to, take us. Through the power of your word, by the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to talk about fasting. Somebody say fasting. Fasting, fasting is not a new phenomenon or a new thing amongst men. Fasting has always been going on in biblical times. So, actually, God, when he brought them out of Egypt, he actually enshrined fasting into their national activity. So, in Leviticus chapter um, 16, verse 29, he tells them about how they should engage in a corporate fast as a people. That's very interesting. So it says in the verse 29 that, and this shall be a statute for, this shall be a statute forever unto you, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, ye shall afflict your souls. Now, that phrase, afflict your souls, is, is your soul is where the seat of your personality is. Your soul is your will, your feelings, and your intellect, right? That, that's where the seat of the you is. So in your spirit, you have God consciousness. In your body, you have world consciousness. In your soul, you have self-consciousness. So the soul is the seat of the self. So that's why we say soul winning soul winning. We are actually winning the person. A man became a living soul. So the seat of your personhood is in your soul. And it says that when the Bible says afflict your soul, it's a phrase to imply fasting. 
Because fasting brings the soul under subjection. So, back to the text, it says that the seventh month, on the eighth day of the month, ye shall afflict your soul and do no work at all, whether it be one of, of, your, uh, of your own country or a stranger that sojourns amongst you. For on that day shall the priests make atonement for you to cleanse you, that ye may be clean from all your, your sins before the Lord. It shall be a Sabbath rest unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls by a statute forever. And the priest, whom ye shall anoint, and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead, shall make the atonement, and shall put on the, the linen cloth, even the holy garment, and he shall make an atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make an atonement for the tabernacle of the congregation and for the altar, and he shall make an atonement for the priests and for all the people of the congregation. And this shall be for this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. So it was a command. This is that at a certain day, everybody should fast. That's what he's saying. So God actually enshrined it into their ceremonial law. Now, <clears throat> when you study scriptures very carefully, you find out David was a man who fasted. Moses fasted for the Ten Commandments. Elijah fasted. It's not new. And you remember Esther, your favorite character. She fasted, Esther chapter 4, from verse 16. It says that, go and gather all the Jews. It says, go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night nor day. My mates and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king and all that. So Esther fasted and he brought a supernatural turnaround for the children of Israel. She was in the palace. But she said, I need to fast. She was in a position of privilege, but she said, I need to fast. So Esther fasted. Nehemiah, Ezra, Nehemiah. Nehemiah fasted, Nehemiah chapter 1. Ezra fasted. In fact, Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, they said, he said, we fasted, the, the whole people, and I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble, see that, okay, that other phrase for fasting is humble yourself. Say, humble yourself. humble yourself. Say it again, please. Humble yourself. Say, humbling myself. Humbling myself. All right, so fasting, another phrase which represents fasting in the Bible is, that's so important because I'm coming to that in a minute, is humbling yourself or we humbled ourselves. When you come across this statement in the Bible, we humbled ourselves and seek the Lord. It means they fasted. For instance, if Second Chronicles chapter 7, if my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves. This is talking about fasting. Talking about you. Humbling yourself is to fasten. So back to the um, scripture that we were talking about in Ezra, it says that and that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. So they engaged in fasting 
to seek the Lord, right? So they wanted to seek God. So they engaged in fasting. In Nehemiah, they fasted. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3 and 4, when Jehoshaphat and Judah were under attack, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. The king. You can't do this by democracy. <laughs> you can only do it <laughs> by monarchy. They declared the fast throughout the land that everybody, even animals. Because what the problem that was coming was big. Like verse 4. <laughs> verse 4. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So it's, what I'm trying to suggest is fasting is nothing new. And I found something in the scriptures we'll find out in a minute. That even Ahab, the wicked king, he fasted. First Kings chapter 21, uh, verse 27. And Ahab fasted. I'm surprised. So it was when Ahab heard these words that he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth. David, in uh, I think 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 21, uh, when his son uh, that Bathsheba bore through um, the bad means, uh, <laughs> so you fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. David did it, but the child died. But David fasted. David was a man of fasting. He fasted. So you could see major people in the Old Testament, fasting is not anything new. Then Jesus shows up on the scene in Matthew chapter 4. Bible says that he was led in the verse 1. He fasted 40 days. Luke chapter 4 from verse 1. He fasted. Jesus started his ministry after fasting. So it's said but that John Wesley had a principle. He would never ordain anybody or appoint anybody as a minister of the Methodist Church who will not commit to fasting once a week. Yeah, every Wednesday. John Wesley said, no, if you can't commit to fasting once a week, every Wednesday, we can't make you a minister in the Methodist Church. Because that's how essential fasting was. Oh, and fasting is to the work of God and to our work with God and to the Christian life. So fasting is not like some you know, some religious thing you have to do, even though other religions also practice fasting. Other religions also pray. In fact, almost every religion, the, uh, the Hindus pray, the Muslims pray, the uh, Sikh pray, uh, the Buddhists pray, the Jews pray, Christians pray, the animists pray. I mean, every kind of religion engage in some form of prayer. And even some of the Buddhists, they pray longer than Christians can cross their leg and chant for days. Jesus said that you think that you will be heard because of your much praying. So long prayer doesn't necessarily guarantee answers. <laughs> That's also another thing. And so it's not whether you are praying or not, but who you are praying to. You know, and the motive of prayer and all that. But prayer is necessary. So then in the New Testament, you find out that Paul, Paul said in fastings oft, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, he said, in fastings oft. But he, that's King James. But it means often. There's a difference between fasting and starving. Starving is not having food to eat when you want to eat. Fasting is not eating when you can eat. Choosing, not, choosing to forego food when there is food to eat. For spiritual reasons. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. 
in weariness. That's talking about the things he has been through. Paul he said things that we have been through, shipwreck and all kinds of things from verse 23. But he said in verse 27, he said in weariness, in, in painfulness, in watchings oft, that's sleeplessness. Sometimes I wake and pray in or watch it. In watchings of, in hunger and thirst. Okay, then look at it. In fa- so fasting is different from hunger and thirst. In fastings, often. He fasted, used to fast often. No wonder, no, no, no wonder his results was stronger. He used to fast often. Minister of the gospel, you have to fast often. You must also one day say, in fastings, Minister, you want to do God's work, whether you are doing it from the back or from the front, whether you are in, 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 in the music ministry, you are in the uh, service ministry, ashes and hospitality and other things, fast. Whether you are a musician, fast. Instrumentalist, fast. Some instrumentalists don't like fasting, you can tell. Some musicians don't like fasting. <laughs> All right, rest. <laughs> so, Paul said, in fastings oft. So, it was in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, said, as the teachers and prophets, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. In the New Testament, after Jesus had gone, one, somebody said, it's only fasting's Old Testament because Jesus actually Technically, Jesus lived under the Old Testament. The New Testament started kind of after the death. So Jesus lived under, so oh, Jesus fasting doesn't mean we should be fasting. Some, somebody said that. But the, in the New Testament church, after Jesus died, they fasted. In Acts chapter 14, verse 23, Bible said they appointed elders and fasted. So when they had fasted and prayed and prayed with fastings. So fasting is not Old Testament. Fasting is just biblical. Let's all say fasting is biblical. Please say it again. Fasting is biblical. So one of the things you have to understand is that fasting is biblical. And actually, fasting also has got benefits. It's not just biblical. It has benefits. We have the corporate fast and an individual fast. What we are about to start is a corporate fast. That means we are all, as a body, as a church, we are engaging in fasting. So it's a corporate thing. Whilst you must also have a scheduled private fast after, after this season. Scheduled private fast. Sometimes you can choose, okay, I'm fasting on um, uh, this month, every three days uh, in a week of this month. Or, you know, and uh, every week, every once a week, I'm fasting. Or, you remember uh, the scripture I just quoted in Acts chapter 13. Verse 2 says that, watch this verse 2. Ask they, say they. So it's a corporate thing. They, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Right? Then the Holy Ghost said. And when you read down the line, you realize, I think Acts chapter 14, I probably think verse 7 or verse 4, the Bible talks about the apostles. He referred to Paul and Barnabas, a multitude, and parts with the apostles, okay, part-sided part with the Jews, part-sided with the apostles. Who are the apostles? The people who were praying as prophets and teachers in Acts chapter 13, until the Holy Spirit said, Set So how was the apostles set 
aside through the means of fasting and prayer. And uh, the, the, you see, we normally would call missionaries, but the, the actual biblical word is the apostle. It's an apostle sent out to go and work for God. It's an apostle. And so apostles were sent out based in the atmosphere of fasting. And you cannot have a church until there's an elder, biblical language. To have a church, there must be an elder. So an elder is the same as a pastor or a bishop in different categories. But an elder. And to appoint, so a church, they send people, uh, apostles, and you need fasting. And appointing of elders, according to Acts chapter 14, verse 23, they, they also prayed with fastings. So they appointed elders. So you can see how fasting played a very central role in the church. Played a very important role in the church. Now, Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, spoke about prayer. He said, and when you pray, that's what I say, when I pray. When you pray, it's connoting you have to pray. It's not saying if you pray. He said, when. So prayer is a when, not an if. So when you pray, he was telling them, you have to pray. When you pray. When you pray, he said, don't be like the hypocrites and all that. But pray, and he said, your father rewards you openly. Prayer brings reward. Prayer brings reward. But it's not only prayer. And see, if Jesus said we should pray, then look at the verse 16. Chapter 6, verse 16, please. says that moreover, when you fast, fasting is a when. So if you should pray, then you should fast. If prayer is important, then fasting is important. Because in the same discourse, Jesus spoke about prayer and he spoke about fasting. He said, when you pray, and then when he said, when you fast, when you pray, when you fast, when you pray, when you fast, you have to pray and you have to fast. And look at what he said about fasting. He said, when you fast, uh, do not be like the hypocrites, or really hypocrites, with a sad countenance. Everybody must know you are fast. People who don't even know you, they see you from afar. You have to wait, you have to fast as a show. That's what he's talking about. Don't fast as a show. For people to see how you are doing well, see the way I'm fast. Fasting is not for show. So in other words, when you are fasting, don't stop your normal activities. If you have to go to work, go to work. You don't phone here and say, I'm sick because I'm fasting, I can't come to work. <laughs> now, when you are fasting, you can't hide when some people will eventually get to know. You don't have to go around announcing. For instance, if my, I'm fasting and my wife is preparing meals, it's right for her to only know that I'm not eating. Yeah. Instead of letting her go through all the, the trouble to prepare the meal, and then I'm so, I, I don't want to eat. Say, so why? Oh, no, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to eat. So, yeah, it's, it's all the, what is all this pseudo spirituality? I don't want to. It's my wife. Just tell my wife, tomorrow I'm not eating because I'm fasting. Just know what Jesus is saying, that don't tell people. It's just, it's just, you know, when, okay, there's uh, some, normally lunch, you and your colleagues go and eat together every time. You're going to go there. And this week, you are not going. How long will you just, you might not announce it, but people must know that you are on a, and you are doing an exercise. So it's not like you are being antisocial or some way, or now they give you the food, say, no, no. I, I normally buy, what, I buy the McDonald's, oh, sorry. Yeah, I buy some for you. Today, what is going on? Oh, I can't because of 
You understand what I'm saying? But when Jesus said, don't go around telling people, he said, don't, don't make a show of it. Don't make a show. Everybody must see that I'm fasting. You don't know I'm fasting? You don't know I'm fasting? You, don't know, you, you must know I'm fasting, okay? <laughs> don't make a show of it. For they, disfig- they disfigure their faces that they may appear to, to men to be fasting. Surely I say they have received their word. Verse 17 says that, but you, when you fast, say, when I fast. Say, when I fast. Jesus is expecting you to fast. That's why I said, when you fast. He expects us to fast. In the New Testament, his disciples, Jesus expects his disciples to fast. So, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. In other words, let your normal life continue. That's one of the things of fasting. Continue your normal life. Continue, unless, of course, for some reason, lack, due to lack of strength, you can't do certain things. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, it says that do not deprive one another except with consent. That's talking about husband and wife, not boyfriend and girlfriend, please. Amen. Husbands and wife. He said, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time. That means, one, this is very important. Consent. Consent, let's all say consent. When it says seek parental consent, that means that before you take the child to the movies, seek parental consent. His parents must agree for you to undertake that activity. So when it says that a husband needs consent from the wife, in order to refrain himself from the wife, needs consent. That means that you can't choose that I am not available. You can't tell your wife I'm not available. It's, you must tell your wife, you must, you must seek consent not to be available. Wives must seek consent not to be available. So, is that except for, okay, let's get back to the text. He said, except for cons, <laughs> for a time, even that not permanently, just for a time, that you may give yourself, do you see that, to fasting and prayer. Ah, that, that is not saying that during fasting and prayers, some husband and wife cannot work together. Now, what it means is that, you know, some, depending on who you are and the particular circumstances within your marriage, some of the activities require a lot of energy. And somebody might not have the energy for that. But others too, they don't mind because they still. <laughs> so, so it's not saying that when you are fasting, watch this. It's not, it's not saying that when you are fasting, a husband and wife cannot come together. It never said that. The text does not mean that. It said that. The only reason why a husband and wife, or a wife or a husband, can withdraw, withstand, or keep himself from the wife, uh, from the husband, or from the wife, from that matter, husband from the wife, is except with consent for a period of time that he might give himself to prayer and fasting. You know, so I'm doing that because I want to give myself to prayer and fasting. But I can be giving myself to prayer and fasting, and I still have energy to. So please, I think for. So um, you can tell in the early church, fasting was part of the church life. Okay, fasting is part of the church life. Shall we all say that together? Fasting is part of the church life. Can you say it again, please? Fasting is part of the church 
fasting is part of the church life, okay? So if you want to live the church life effectively, biblically, then fasting is part of the Christian life, of the church life. They are corporate fastings and they are private fastings. Now, I want you to also know that, um, how many points have I got here? These are three major reasons why we should fast. Number one reason why we should fast is it is the will of God. Now, when we say it's the will of God, it means that if you know something is the will of God, if it's the will of God for me to respect my wife, I don't have to go and do a research on scriptures and revelation on why to respect my wife. No, it's already clear in black and white. So once something is black and white, you don't have to even seek God and ask whether you should do it. Don't ask God whether you should do it, since it already says do it, like honor your mother and father. You don't have to ask about it. God, give me revelation if I should honor. No, 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 you don't need it because it's already there in black and white. It's the will of God. And we've seen from scripture that prayer is the will of God. It's actually a command. We are commanded to pray. Prayer is an ought to. And fasting, if prayer is an ought to, fasting also carries the same weight. It's an ought to. But you can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without praying. It is the prayer that actually reinforces or makes the fasting fasting, else is starvation. Okay. Bishop Wetepo said something one day, which is so nice. He said, God doesn't answer fasting. He answers prayers. So if you are fasting, add prayers. You might as well pray. So it's important to understand that we should fast because it's the will of God. Okay. We are fasting. Why should we fast? Because it's, it's the will of God. God wills us to fast. Number two, we should fast because I like the verse 17 and verse 18, Matthew chapter 6, verse 18 particularly. Verse 18 says that. I like it. I, I didn't notice it in the past, but it says that so, so that you do not appear okay that you fast. And your the last bit, last statement said, and your heavenly father who sees in secret will do what? Will do what? Will do what? Oh, he rewards you for fasting? Reward you for fasting. So that means fasting. God rewards fasting. God rewards fasting. Let's all say that together. So when you are paying a price to fast, remember you are paying a price for a reward. It's not just a hunger embankment. Okay, I'm backing on some hunger project. No, it's actually a spiritual. What is fasting? Fasting actually is abstaining from food for spiritual purpose. As simple as that. Abstaining from food for spiritual purpose. That's fasting. All right, so God, and actually God rewards fasting. God rewards. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when you seek him in a, a certain way, God definitely will react. He will respond with rewards. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8 to 12, it talks about the kind of fast. It says that, that God has chosen. The fast, is this not the fast that I've chosen from verse, um, from verse 6? Is, is this not the fast that I have chosen? No. So God rewards fasting and then there are 12 things that I've actually, I pointed in one of my teachings, 
the 12 benefits or rewards that come with fasting. God rewards fasting. From Isaiah chapter 53, number one, he rewards us with light. He rewards us with health. Three, rewards us with righteousness. Four, with glory. Five, with answered prayers. Why well, am I saying it too fast? You should listen to the message again. <laughs> with answered prayers, he rewards us with continuous guidance. Continuous guidance. He rewards us with satisfaction. You will be satisfied. That's, satisfaction sounds like rest. He rewards us with satisfaction. He rewards us with refreshing. He rewards us with enduring work. Our work will, will endure. Work that will endure. It's not work that is, is fizzles away, that you don't even see anybody. Work that endure, enduring work. He rewards us with restoration. I see restoration coming to somebody. He, he, he rewards us with um, re restoration. He rewards us with the ability to raise generational foundation, foundation for many generations. Father, mother, you might not even be married as a young person or as a single, man, a single woman or a single man, but your children, you may not have a child now, but as you are fasting, you are laying a certain foundation for generations, foundations for generations. Most people who are doing some great things most people, great things in ministry or even in life, sometimes when you trace their backgrounds, you find out that there has been a, a faithful preacher there. There's always kind of a faithful preacher in the backgrounds of people who God is using uniquely. So there tends to be. So fasting, you, you raise the foundation for many generations, and then number 12, it said you'll be called. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12. You shall be called. So a new identity, and it's a glorious one. It's not a negative identity. It's a glorious identity comes on you. Your, your story changes like blind Bartimaeus. He threw away his garment of blindness. They cover, a beggar has to cover himself with this garment. He threw it away. His identity changed. Change of I believe that somebody's identity is changing from a single to a married person. Yeah. For someone who has been renting to a homeowner. Yeah. From an employee to an employer. This is changing from, from joblessness to more than several jobs to choose from. Yeah. Your identity is changing. So these are some of the rewards. When you fast, God gives us rewards. And I see you will not lose your rewards in the name of Jesus. And then number three, so number one, fasting is the will of God. Number two, God's rewards come when we fast. God's will is God's will for us to fast. Is God gives us reward when we fast. And then number three is the right attitude towards your body. It's medically proven when you fast, it helps your body. You know, the, and that's why when you start fasting, sometimes you might have some headaches. Sometimes these are some of the things that happen with fasting. You might have headaches, you might, or dizziness, a bit, or nausea. You sometimes feel sick, or dizziness, or headaches. It's because the, the blood of the body is being utilized, purged, well, your body is being purged, and sometimes that's the, especially uh, coffee, people who drink coffee heavily, 
when you are fasting, because coffee has an impact on your body, when you are fasting, the body tends to purge itself. That's why most times you may have one or two headaches, but it's not permanent. It goes. Sometimes nausea, depending on who you are. Now, the, by medical science has proved that, you see, digestion is a lot of work. Digestion is, if you don't know what digestion is. <laughs> digestion is a lot of work, but we never give it that credit. It's a lot of work, so that's why overeating is bad for the body. No way. You make your body work super, so that the, the blood that is being sent into other parts of the body, they all have to cease fire and come down. <laughs> So it slows the function of other parts of the body. Eating actually slows the function of other bodies. So that is why it's not good to eat late. It's not good to eat late because now the body, instead of all round rest, <laughs> and it takes about sometimes six hours, averagely, to, to process and digest food. And so the body, watch this. The body is made to work extra harder. When you eat, the body works so much in digesting the food so that it can slow your productivity. It slows your ability. That's why most of us, as soon as you finish eating, you are slow. Because the energy needed for thinking, the energy needed for working, the energy needed for some part of the body is all brought into the digestive system and the bodies begin to work. So if you, if you overeat, then the body has to overwork. Over. People who overeat kill their bodies. So Christmas turkey, every time you still have something in your fridge. You have drumstick here, and you have celloid. <laughs> celloid. You just, and you, you say things that I just love my food. I really feel sorry for your health. Recently, I met a, a man of God who is very much into diet, and he told me that it's always ideal to go to bed hungry. I said, huh? That's one of the things I don't like. I, I just don't like. He said, it's better to go to bed hungry. So he said, after 6 p.m., you just eat some fruits. And fruits, not too much. So, so it doesn't, fruit doesn't take long to digest. And then the body now, the blood is used for other important things. Are, are you getting it? And nowadays, the food we are eating, high in sugar and high in different processed food, carbohydrates. And listen, listen, brothers and sisters. Most of us, are, we take good care of our cars than our bodies. Because what you, are, you won't put in your car, you are putting in your body. Things that are not even meant to go in our body, we just put it in. We put it in. We put it in. We put it in. But you see, the body, the body is so blessed. The body is so blessed, it has ability to keep going, keep going. But you are weakening the body. You're actually destroying the body. So your body, that's why when you are fasting, 
your body will react. Your body will react. Because, in fact, Derek Prince said a story which was very nice. He said he preached on fasting years ago somewhere in, in New York, and a certain lawyer who was sitting there, he has never fasted. And then when he heard the preaching, he said, no, tomorrow I'm going to fast. So he decided to go and fast. And so he fasted the day, and he was struggling. Food, and then, you know, in the office, and smell. When you fast, your sense of smell becomes heightened. It's not only your sense of smell. It's not only your olfactory nerves. Other parts of your body work better. Because the blood is not now being used somewhere. So the other systems in your body actually work better. That's why your sense of smell is so heightened. It's not like just because you are hungry. The system is working better. Your brains work better. Memory works better. It just, it just helps. So this guy went through a lot fasting. And it's like he's about to die. The stomach, you know, will be grilling, groaning. Especially when he sees food, he feels like he's about to faint. And so he went through a lot. The next day, you know what he said? He told, he said, you stomach. You were very, very naughty and stubborn when I was fasting. And I'm, I'm going to punish you. I'll fast again. So I'm going to fast again to discipline you, my stomach. Next time, don't misbehave when I'm fasting. <laughs> it is, that's why it's called humble yourself. You bring your body under subjection. So, Romans chapter 6, verse 13, it talks about our bodies are members. Your body has members. It says that, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness for God. God likes to use your members, but weak members cannot be used properly. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, it talks about how your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, you see, Jesus doesn't have physical body on this earth. So it's counting on your, you and I, our bodies to use. And if we don't handle the body well, that means we are denying Jesus the opportunity to really work well. Anointing lives in the body. If you are anointed but you are weak, you can't do much. If you are anointed and you are, you are weak, you are sickly, you can't do much. Oh, but anointing will heal the sick. Ask Paul. You know, so you are weakening your body. And the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lifts your body. He uses your body. So give the body some respect. Give your body some respect by not throwing everything inside. Another guy said, I love my food. I love my food. I love my food. I love my food. You are giving the body overwork. Hello? Take responsibility. Let's not only you, because me to have got some belly here. Take, so let me say so that you can feel it's all of us. Take responsibility. <laughs> Take, let's take responsibility. He said, donuts. No, I don't eat donuts. Take, let's take responsibility to lose some weight. Yes. 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 Yeah. It's a corporate responsibility. Let's, let's, let's embark on. A pastor friend of mine told me, during the COVID, quite a few people in his church uh, uh, tested positive and were sick. They caught COVID. And some of them, he himself was very unwell. 
But I said they were all okay. Only two people passed. And those people who were obese. He said for many years, he kept telling the church, let's exercise, try and hit the gym, do something. And some people can't be bothered. Mm. Uh, let me get Sarah, Sarah. <laughs> so, am I, am I preaching at yes, all? Yes, 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 yes. So, I think it's, 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 it's important. Don't, some of us have become so, I don't understand you can't have pastor is preaching. I didn't like what he said. What did he say? He said, he said some people are fat, but is it not true? Is it not true? But, but you don't have to say, who should say it? Who should say it? You, do you want me to be doing funerals? No, no, no. I don't, I don't like visiting people in the hospital. That's right. It takes too much time. And I don't like church members being hospitalized. They can do a lot more when they are not in hospital. Yes, 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 yes. So we don't want to contribute to what will break down our health. Yes. We won't contribute to it. We will contribute to it. So we all take, it's not every one of us have some discipline to embark on. Every one of us, not only me, myself. Every one of us. When my friend told me it's better to go to bed hungry, I didn't like it. But I knew it was true because every time I've gone to bed, without, maybe I was so tired, I didn't get to eat and I go, I wake up better, fresh, I feel, I feel my mind, everything, the sleep is sweet. But when I eat, I go to bed full. I have a lot of dreams and they are not revelations. And I struggle to wake up. Struggle to wake up. Early hours, I don't wake up. And when I go on the prayer line, snoring. Because you, are, you can't be in control. You are not agile enough. One thing I also learned, let me drop this in, I learned from some sources that it is no good to drink chilled water. I learned from some sources. And someone told me this from some source that the, uh, this great leader always drinks warm water or hot water before going to bed. Drink, drink some warm water or hot water before going to bed because it, it, helps, it helps with your system. So most of the time you're able to wake up early you're able to wake up okay. Yeah. You have finished, you have finished, and you like chilled coke. <laughs> <laughs> and you are saying. <laughs> so I think fasting helps us to really treat our bodies well. Massive benefits. Your body, body gets to rest and work better, purge your system, and all that. So I think that's why, so it's biblical, it comes with a reward, uh, God, it, God gives a reward, and also right attitude towards our bodies. Praise God. Can I just quickly mention, when you are fasting, the aim, the purpose of fasting. Can I add it? Is that okay? Number one, quickly, fasting is actually, as we saw from scriptures, is to humble ourselves. Psalm 35, verse, um, Psalm 35, verse 13, he said, I humbled myself with fastings. I humbled myself with fastings. Let's all say that together. I humbled myself with fastings. Say that again, please. I with In James chapter 4, verse 10, God tells us clearly about how he sees pride and humble. He said, humble yourself in the sight of God, the Lord, and he will... You see, there is a sure, the surest way to be elevated 
is through humility. When you see somebody who is humbling himself, he never say, let God humble you. Never pray that prayer that God humble me. Don't pray that prayer. You might not like it. You might not like it. It's, you might be humiliated in a way that you might not like it. So he says, humble yourself. You take the response. The first sin ever recorded in the scripture came through pride. So, uh, Lucifer. Lucifer was not God, but he wanted to elevate himself to the stairs. The, the biggest victory over sin to bring us redemption was when someone who is God decided that I'm not even going to be God. I'm stepping down to I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not going to hold on to the equality and with all the privilege of Godness and all the uniqueness of Godness, but I'm going to adapt humanness. That's Jesus Christ. He humbled himself. Satan elevated himself. In Psalm 138, verse 6, Bible talks about how God knows the proud. He knows the proud from afar. He sees you coming, he knows it already. He says that, but the proud he knows from afar. He knows the proud from afar. God actually, you and God, who is strong? And Bible says God actually resists, um, First Peter chapter 5, 4, 5, 6. God actually resists the proud. You see, so pride will never take anybody anywhere. Pride is one of the biggest problems for human beings when it comes to receiving from God. But it gives grace to the humble. When you humble yourself, God will give you grace. When you humble, one of the signs of a proud person is a person who ushers cannot show where to sit. Yeah. See, you are coming to receive a miracle. Oh, I need a miracle. But ushers can't show you where to sit. Uh, that usher doesn't like me. It doesn't matter. It's his job now. That police officer doesn't like me. Yes, so he says, still, still stop, stop. Yes. It's his job to stop traffic. So if he's stopping, you know, roadworks, those who hold the green and, and they, you are in a hurry, they wait, wait. when you are coming there, they turn the, the red. You feel like this guy is being unfair. But you have to stop. See, so pride is very dangerous. You are sitting in church with pride. No one can show me where to sit. No one can tell me where I lift my hands. No one can tell me right now. No one can tell me say. That's why you left the choir. Pride. So pride is very, watch this. Humility is the key for glorious elevation. Humility. If you cannot be corrected, you are not humble. If you cannot be corrected, you are not humble. And it tells why you haven't progressed. It tells why you haven't been promoted. Many promotions are a function of an attitude, not only ability. You can have the ability, but you are not ready. In fact, it says clearly in the scriptures, do not make a novice an, an elder. Else, Satan's problem will enter the person. He said, he said the same thing that happened to Satan, I think in Timothy. He said, not a novice, less being puffed up with pride, he falls in. So I said, hey, you just joined the choir, you can't sing. I know why. I want, we all want to have the best. So if you are the best, why would we stop you? But we don't want to use you at the expense of your well-doing, personal well-doing. So if it, there are people who have joined this church, they are good instrumentalists, but we didn't let them start. Start from being a congregation. If you are comfortable to be a congregation member, it's easier you're comfortable being an instrumental. But if you are not comfortable being a congregation member, you, you ruin the church behind the instruments. 
You really do. And we are more, we are more interested in your spiritual well-being than what we are getting from you. Yes. You come to church so we will build you up. It's discipleship system. Yes. We are focused on more on discipleship yes. than just gathering. Yes. When we disciple people, naturally we will grow. Yes. We will grow an healthy growth. Yes. Pride is affecting every progress anywhere in life. And so when you, when you fast, it's actually a position of humbling. Daniel chapter 9, verse 3 and 4. He said, then I set my face uh, towards the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Look at verse 3, verse 4. And I prayed to the Lord God and I made confession and said, Oh Lord God, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those, uh, uh, with those, and those who keep his commandment. I, I've made a supplication to him. Said, and look at chapter 10, chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 and 3. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. That's three weeks of fasting. All right, that's the word you mean by mourning. I, I, I ate no pleasant food, no meat, or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were over. Daniel humbled himself. David said, I humbled myself with fastings. And so fasting is a way to humble a person, to humble yourself. And God rewards the humble. God rewards the humble. So the, one of the purposes of fasting is I'm humbling myself before God. Bringing myself under subjection. Humbling myself before God. Say, God rewards the humble. And then, uh, number two, quickly. Uh, fasting brings deliverance, healing and deliverance. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8, it talks about, then your health will spring forth speedily. What? Your health will spring forth speedily. I, interestingly, can I make a confession? I used to do a lot and a lot and a lot of fasting. But recent times, I toned down a bit. And I realized that my, the way I feel in my health is different from how I used to feel when I used to do a lot of fasting. So fasting was actually helping me a lot. And then sometimes I said, I God has blessed me with health because there are other things I'm doing. So God is behind it. You see, when you fast, you can't make God do what he didn't plan to do by your fasting. He's not forcing God to, no, 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 it's not that. It's not that. It just creates platform for God to actually be able to move more in your life. So it's like a big tank, big uh, reservoir of water. So much can come, but your pipeline is so small, you see? So a little can come. But when you increase your pipeline, then more. So fasting is like, creating more capacity for God to manifest himself more in, in our life. So now, divine health and deliverance. I mentioned Ahab, didn't I? Let me just run up quickly. Ahab, in 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 27, when you read from verse 22, God was talking about what he's going to do to Ahab. Very, very worries things. And Jezebel said, I'll make your house like the house of your uh, uh, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, like the house of all that because of the provocation of which this is what God is saying. Look at verse 23. And he kept going on, kept going on. And concerning Jezebel, the Lord spoke. And so God also said, you, you'll be like uh, the dog shall eat Jezebel. And then 
It kept going. Bible says that when the guy heard all these things, verse 20, 27, so it was when Ahab heard these things that he tore his cloth and put, put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. That sack, you know, God forgive me. And look at the next verse. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the teacher by saying, this is surprising. See, see how Ahab, what, has that what? Did you see that when, when, that's the fasting. He has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring calamity in his days. Wow. What I said I was going to do because of this state of fasting, deliverance, I'm going to have, I have to give him deliverance. He said, I will not bring calamity in these days. Rather, later when he dies, the things, because what he has done, he can't be taken on. But in his days, this fasting has moved me. I can't do it in his days. Can you imagine? And in Jonah chapter 3, verse 5, Bible says that uh, Nineveh, when they heard this, and the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. They all fasted. And look at verse 10. They fasted, and Bible says that, and God saw their works. And they turned from there, and God relented, relented from the disaster he was going to. So deliverance, fasting can turn away. If God can withhold deliverance, which he has promised, then how much was the enemy? Ah. When the enemy is, God himself will step in yes, and yes. block the enemy. Yes, yes. Fasting brings deliverance. Yes. Deliver healing. Sometimes we can fast and your healing will spring forth speedily. Yes. Hallelujah. This is important. So don't, don't let us think that, oh, uh, just church, you are doing it. It's so enormous in benefits. And number three, divine intervention. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2 and 3. Jehoshaphat, they fasted and prayed, and God intervened. You want God to intervene? In Esther chapter 4, verse 16, it talks about how Esther said, let's fast. And they fasted, and deliverance came. So fasting brings divine intervention. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. I don't know what is plaguing your house, what is plaguing your family, what is plaguing an aspect of your life. Sometimes get into fasting on this matter. You have not, you, up till now, instead of parading yourself online, go into fasting for a husband. Get into fasting. This, this unnecessary noise, it doesn't mean you make news. You are just making noise, but you make news. Yes, yes, yes. This noise about my body, my cleavage, my boobs. My, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're a Christian and you want God to be behind your testimony, settle down. Settle down. Step and buckle down and fast. Sometimes if it's a demon in your family, deal with it in fasting. Jesus said, for this kind does not go except by prayer and fasting. Deal with it. Because some of us are fighting spiritual battles, but we are using social systems to fight spiritual battles. Get into fasting. When you fast, you can procure the intervention of heaven on this matter. When we had not had a child yet, because I used to fast a lot. One day I said, no, when we dedicate and fast to, to this thing, so just, just to clear it. I know God will do it, but there are things I, have to also, I also have to do. And I, I agree with my wife, we, we fasted. And today, is, the story is a different story. Fast, sometimes a family can come together and fast for divine intervention. Somebody say divine intervention. I see God intervening for you in the name of Jesus. Our church will see divine intervention. Our church will see divine intervention. Number, number four, quickly, is intercede. We fast, intercede, and when you fast, it gives you opportunity to, to intercede and pray for others to intercede and pray for others. Listen, what your brother is going through, somebody needs to fast for him. What your, your sister is going through, 
what your cousin is going, what the nation is going through, somebody, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and turn from their wickedness, pray and seek my face. He said, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. So, so, watch this. So, sometimes when we fast, it gives us opportunity to intercede and pray for others. You are standing in the gap for somebody. Listen, your child is not doing well with 11 plus. You have, all the tutors have been about seven tutors, seven tutors, every day two, every day two, every day two. And the child is now suffering. And after all that, he said eight plus eight, he said 88. <laughs> And your heart is breaking. Sis. Bro, I think this guy go and not by prayer and fasting. And so sometimes stand in the gap for that family member. Stand in the gap for your mother. Stand in the gap for your especially. Sometimes people are in a state they can't fast. They can't pray. Even you can I, look, this is even more important. Stand in the gap for the salvation of that, that family member. Yeah. Standing in the gap, fasting for them. Praying and fasting for them. Stop lambasting them that you are disgraced. You feel every member of the family is fighting them. Don't join them because you are a spiritual uh, watchman watch or watchwoman. Don't join them. Take the matter spiritually and begin to deal with it. Stop fighting your son. Stop fighting your daughter. I thought you were a Christian. And my daughter would never marry such a man. But please, she has determined. See, when a woman says, I'm going with this man, I've discovered that no, you promote them in praise and worship, it won't change their status. It doesn't matter. Promote them in anything. When a woman said, I want this man, if, and you are that man, you can't even escape. <laughs> you, can't, you can't escape. You can't escape. So, so stand in intercession. Stand in intercession for your business. You are complaining about now things are bad, money is not working. Stand in intercession for your business. Stand in intercession for your department. I'm talking with fastings. Daniel said, he, he fasted and prayed, oh God. And you when you look at the content of the prayer, he was talking about how we have sinned against you. It was an intercessory prayer. And Ezra and Nehemiah did the same thing. Stand in intercession. Prayer and fasting will help you to do that. Sometimes you are working with your boss and he's dying. Pray for him. Pray for instead of gossiping about him. Uh, is someone learning something at all? Yes. Last, la- let me just add this last three quickly. Number five, closeness to God. Fasting brings us closer to God. When you fast, there's a close, close Bible says that Daniel decided to seek God. You know, so when you fasting, through fasting, fasting has a way of downgrading a lot of other things and then focusing on God. And as well, when you are fasting, it is always necessary to try and abstain from certain things that distract you from prayer and from fellowship from God. So you can be going to work, but this time, maybe you don't even, you check your WhatsApp just to see departmental information just for some minutes. You don't stay endlessly on social media because you are fasting and you want more time with God. You are spending, so anything that can interrupt and interfere with that, you begin to marginalize it. Am I, am I communicating to somebody? And so it brings you closer to God, or it's closeness to God, and then 
when you fast, number six or seven, number six, it helps you to, some, some, for some supernatural reason, you try it and see when you are fasting, you read your Bible, you understand it better. You understand? Fasting helps you to even understand the scriptures more. It helps you to, because it's like spiritually heightened. So it helps you to understand and appreciate spiritual things better. The word of God comes more alive when you are fasting. So that when you are singing, you won't be singing different ways. And then, then finally, 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 Ezra chapter 8, let me add the scripture every time. Ezra chapter 8, verse 21. He said that, and I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that, watch this, that we might humble ourselves before our God to do what? To seek from him the right way for us and our children. Divine direction. Divine direction. Three guys have come into my life. I don't know who to do this. This is not a problem. This is not something that if the pastor, the pastor must tell you, marry this one. Some of it, get into prayer and fasting. Four properties have come on the market and I, they said all of them, I can buy any of them. I'm not sure which one to go for. After some counsel, pray, fast, seek that. Fasting brings direction in a very strange way. You're not sure which uni you should choose, which school you choose for your child. You know, major decisions in life. Please, don't make a major decision in life without fasting. Fast about it. Fast about it. I'm talking a major decision in life. First about it. Sometimes, oh, I'm about to drop something. That's Elisa. Even the name of your child. Even the name of your child. First about it. It may not be seven days or one month or 40 days. It can be just a day. It can be just a day. You're fasting. God, give me a right name for this child. Give me a right name. Give me a di- direction. It says that then God will guide you, Isaiah 58. God will guide you continually. He will guide you continually. Benefits of fasting. And most of us only want someone to tell you what to do. Especially when it comes to majority. I want a pastor, what should I do? A prophet, what should I do? It doesn't always work like that. Sometimes you have to believe God first, even though it's good to also seek physical counsel. Sometimes when you have sought God in fasting, it makes the physical counsel very clean and clear. You just know it. God will guide you. God will guide you. These are some of the purposes of fasting. And when you are fasting, the prayer topic, this corporate fasting, let's target to pray for our church. Let's pray for our nation. It's important. And then pray for your health. Pray for your health during fasting. And pray for your prosperity. It's very important. Pray for your church. Pray for our nation. Pray for your health. Pray for your prosperity. And pray for the salvation of your loved ones. Pray about these things when you are fasting. And you will see the hand of God in Jesus. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe like and share the message. Be blessed.